uh, working with a community of people to affect change um, where it is greatly needed, whether it's recovering from a hurricane or from a tragedy of sorts. That, that Habitat for Humanity story has kind of been a big part of the Switchfoot story for the last three years. I'm doing a lot of work with them on tour. And, uh, and then John and I, growing up on the East Coast, I think we're especially sensitive to kind of the raw power and destruction that can come from a hurricane. It's, it's definitely with kind of fear and trembling that we use the term. Um, and, and yet it became the perfect metaphor to kind of um, encompass what we wanted to do as a band. That you know, here we were, an independent band, trying to do something musically that we had never done before, deconstructing who we were, and, uh, and yet running towards the storm, you know, not running away from it. Kind of all of this turmoil um, facing our nation and us as individuals and uh, deciding that, uh, you know, all of these things, uh, that they can't silence our love, you know, that became kind of the, um, the, the running theme for this record to be jumping into the, the stormy seas and not running away from it. And I think the story you brought up that I think embodies this type of attitude is the one where we were down in Baton Rouge building a house for this lady with Habitat. Um, and she had not only lost her house in Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, um, she lost pretty much everything. She was relocating her entire life in, in Baton Rouge. But she also lost the use of her legs in uh, Hurricane Katrina. And um, so she is now an amputee and she's learning how to walk again with these prosthetic legs. And the quote that kind of captures the spark and the life of the record for me that comes from her, she said, I walked out of my house in New Orleans on my own two feet. I'm going to walk into this new one on my own two feet. And that kind of strength under pressure is something that for me is mind-blowing and you know kind of worth dedicating a record to. I feel like the the tag line directly after Hello Hurricane in the chorus is uh, kind of sums up a lot of what the songs are talking about. Hello Hurricane, you're not enough. Hello Hurricane, you can't silence my love. Um, the idea that in this life we will face storms and things will tear us apart. Things will even potentially take our lives from us. And, you know, we all know that, that death is coming eventually. That's not a possibility, it's an eventuality. So. In light of that, how do we live? How do we love each other? You know, what are the things that you can't take from me? Those are the things I'm going to ded dedicate my life to. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. Please welcome Chris Cote to the podcast this week. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for joining us, man. I tell you what, I, uh, I followed your work for a while and, and the more I look up all the things that you've done over the years, it's pretty inspiring, pretty amazing. I mean, you've done a little bit of everything. It seems like you've been a surfer and television host and producer, writer, editor, podcaster, um, so many amazing things. Did I leave anything out that you've been involved in? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I wear a lot of hats, you know, and the, the, the good thing is all the jobs that I have and all the gigs that I do, I really enjoy. So it, it, it really is like one of those, I guess, setups to where I get to do a lot of different things, but all these things are, you know, what I would be doing anyway, if I wasn't getting paid or not. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty enjoyable. You know, it, it can be, it can be a little overwhelming at times with trying to stay on top of whatever, eight or 10 different jobs, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. This might be a tough question, but I was thinking like out of all of your work, um, what would you say you're most proud of? You know, I would say the, the, well, the fact that I've stayed relevant in this uh, action sports world for this long makes me pretty proud. But, you know, I, I think announcing and doing play-by-play -play for WSL, uh, the Olympics, uh, you know, skate events, Red Bull, all the, all, the, uh, all, all the action sports events that I've done for television and internet broadcasts are, are, are probably some of my favorite uh, work moments for sure. I really love doing that job. I mean, I'm passionate about it. I have so much fun doing it and it, it, it definitely, I would say that's kind of my main thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've been working at that for a long time and it's, it's something that I try to improve every event. Uh, I learn something from every event and, you know, I think it's pretty obvious when I'm doing the announcing at surf skate and snow events that I'm, I really love what I'm doing. I love what I'm watching and I have just as much fun doing that job that, as, as hopefully the people watching and listening are having. Yeah. And with all of that, um, you know, you've had a close friendship and connection to Switchfoot over the years. You've been the MC at the Burium in the past. Uh, I love the video on YouTube with you, and the guys talking about the surf joust. It's a great video for, uh, for fans to go back and watch, um, among other things. But what's some of your history with the guys in Switchfoot? I, I love those guys. I mean, each and every one of them for sure. So when I was in, geez, I think it was the end of junior high school. You know, I, I grew up here in Encinitas. And I was surfing this little obscure break in front of my house that no one ever surfs. It's not a good wave. It's off the beaten path. And I was out there by myself and these two kids paddle out, two blonde dudes, and they're kind of a little bit down the beach from me. And I see one of them catch a wave and just rip it all the way from the outside to the inside. And my first reaction was, who the hell are these guys trying to come to my spot and, and show me up? Uh, but I, you know, I paddled over to say hi. And this is the first time that I met the Foreman brothers. And, you know, if any, you know, I'm sure people out there listening or if you've ever met them, it, it, you know, right away, these are two of the nicest humans you'll ever meet. So we became pretty instant friends through surfing. 
you know, we talked about their, their, their background in Virginia beach. We talked about music and we just bonded really quickly. And, you know, they had just moved to Encinitas. So we, you know, started going to school together. I was a, a couple grades above John. Uh, but, you know, then we started, we were on the surf teams together. We were doing contests. We both rode the same surfboard brand, this, this brand called Marlin Surfboards. So we just instantly became friends and we had a lot of, uh, a lot of things in common. And eventually they formed the band, et cetera. And this is one of my first kind of friend bands, you know, my contemporaries, people that I was friends with that were my same age that started a band that put out a cassette tape. And so that was super inspiring. And, you know, I, I still have the, kind of the first song that they wrote and recorded i mean the, the second i mentioned them and etc you know that song pops into my head so it, it was definitely memorable and that was you know that was kind of the the first i guess the first time that i realized these these guys are super talented they're great songwriters and just kind of watching you know you you connect and reconnect after high school and all that but it was just so awesome to watch how hard they worked at it, you know, how just determined and driven those guys were, because I have, I had a million friends in bands. Uh, usually, you know, high school band kind of fizzles out after high school, college bands, kind of the same thing. So to see John and Tim and Chad, and then eventually the rest of the group get together and just do it like for real, do the damn thing was, it was so fun to watch. And I mean, I, I feel like it was a, it was a privilege to kind of be front row and just watch what these guys did and continue to do. So super inspiring. I mean, I've I've been playing in bands since junior high school as well. So having those guys as a inspiration, it has been super helpful for me. And I think for a lot of people around here in Antonitas, of course, and, and around the world. But, you know, they just became this, you know, they're, they're one of those bands that that work their ass off and they're still doing it at a very high level. So it was, it, it's been a really cool journey to watch. And, you know, I, I still talk to them all the time. I, I get together with them at least a couple times a year. I surf with John a lot and we actually had a really fun session just a couple weeks ago where we got sucked out to sea and we were just paddling so hard and just laughing like we were, back in junior high school the first time I met him. So it's, it's been a, it's been, it's been great to be friends with those guys for this long and see every, all, all these amazing things that they've done. For sure. Yeah. That's a pretty epic story to say that you actually met them in the water. I mean, I think how many people have met, met them over the years, but not quite like that actually in the water. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were good surfers back then and they still are. Yeah. I had another question that was kind of along those lines, but uh, I guess the way to word it would be, you know, like how has their art and their work and even your relationship with them kind of impacted your personal life or your work life or, you know, really any direction you want to go with that? You know, I feel like watching them achieve such big things and then, you know, hit all the, all the brick walls that the bands hit, you know, from 
whatever, losing your record label to being written up and down in the press to being pigeonholed as a certain type of band. It, it just never seemed to affect them. And every, you know, like every year or every other year when they put out a new album, you can hear their growth and you can just, you know, it's, it's always that switch foot sound, but you hear them experimenting, you hear them getting better at their craft. Uh, and to me, that's just, uh, again, super inspiring because, you know, I don't, those guys, uh, those guys never had to get normal jobs. This was their mm -hmm. job. And that, that to me is like, you've made it. If you've been in a band for 20 plus years and you have all these records and you have this legion of fans that just is passionate about what you do, they are an absolute American rock and roll success story. So that, that, you know, that, that gives me motivation to just keep playing and having fun with it for sure. And, you know, I feel like I, I'm, I'm kind of a music snob in, in a good way. So my leanings are pretty obscure, you know, a lot of indie rock, whatever. I listen to all types of music. So Switchfoot has always kind of held this special place for me that, you know, every time I see them live, whether it's at Bro-Am or when they, you know, they're playing around in San Diego, I feel like there's not a lot of bands that connect with a crowd like Switchfoot. And it, it, it's emotional, you know, it, it, it gets me for sure. It's this, this positivity, this, this joy that they share with the crowd. It's almost like the crowd in the band just becomes one giant ball of this positive energy. And so every time I see them live, I'm just reminded of, you know, how good they are at it, how much they mean to their fans, how much the fans mean to them. And look, I've had a lot of uh, wild times with, I guess for lack of a better term, rock stars, ups and downs. And I generally think that people that want to become rock stars have a, they're, they're a little off. <laughs> There's always mm -hmm. a little something off, but Switchfoot has proven that you can be a rock star and you can be humble and you can give back way more than you get. And these yeah. dudes work so hard giving back the charity work they do, you know, especially what they do through the Bro-Am. I've seen this for a decade. I mean, these guys, they give everything they have to raise as much money and awareness for their chosen charities. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars and thousands of hours. Yeah. And they don't, they don't ask for anything. In re they, all they ask is that, you know, like you, you, you help them provide for the charities that they work with. And, you know, they're going to make it worth it to the fans, right? They do these in incredible auctions. They do galas. They do meetups. You know, they give so much time to giving back that that puts them in an entirely different class as most other, you know, big rock bands that I know. So again, it's, it's, you know, I, I might not be listening to Switchfoot 24 hours a day, but I've got some songs on my playlist. And if I get in a funk or if I need a, a, a lift, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put one of those songs on and it works every time and 
literally every time I see them, I'm just reminded of the power of what they do. It's undeniable. They are, they're a special band for sure. I agree completely. That's a wonderful description. You know, I've thought about, uh, we're coming up on 50 episodes of this and hopefully we'll continue doing it for quite a while. But I was thinking at some point I want to take like, you know, little bits and pieces of what people have said about them and, and merge it into one. And so I think, uh, you know, the last, last answer you just gave will definitely make that because it was such a perfect, beautiful description of these guys. And, and I agree with you too, as far as like the live show, I've seen them close to 30 times now and it's every single time. It just blows me away. The, the connection, the oneness that you're referring to. Yeah. I, I mean, have they ever had a bad show? I, I, I've never heard of it. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of a dud of a switchfoot show and man, I'm stoked. I'll be on the greatest hits compilations. That's yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, one of those songs that is speaking of, making such a connection every time they do this song live uh hello hurricane is the one you've chosen to talk about um you know this i, I love when they do this and they, they come around one mic at times to do this song or uh full band you know kind of a normal style but the the fans the crowd interaction with the o's to start the song i mean there's so many cool parts to it um i was also reminded i think back in 2020 on the twitter page i did a a poll question about um or we did a, a contest actually polls for favorite albums. And of course it's only one Twitter, uh, Twitter poll. There could be a lot of differing opinions, but hello hurricane, the album actually won out uh, on that particular poll. And I think, you know, the song and the message behind it is one of the big reasons why, but um, what draws you personally to the song hello hurricane? Well, you know, I was, I was excited when you hit me up and you know, my, my first picks, are, are, are the, the, the older hits, you know, dare you to move. That's a song that just kills me every time. It's so good. And so I, I, I was actually kind of happy that that had been taken. I, I realized that was going to be taken very early. So it made me kind of shift around a little bit. I went into the catalog, started listening and I was surprised that no one had chosen hello hurricane yet because it's definitely one of their biggest, uh, just, I don't know, most powerful songs. And I think what drew me to it is, you know, again, it's interesting that the, the beginning of the song, uh, I don't, I don't listen to many songs that kind of have that real like poppy intro kind of thing, mm -hmm. but Switchfoot just has a way of doing it differently. It draws you in. And I feel like this is one of those songs that I can put on, and that I'm sure thousands of people have put on when they're facing some kind of adversity. I mean, and it's not big or small, right? This is, yeah. a, this is an anthem of positivity. And I did actually get the chance to talk to John a little bit about, you know, what, what this song was about to him. And, if, and of course, you know, he, uh, like most musicians, he said, well, this, you know, I, I want the listener to dictate what this song's about. Uh, but, you know, what he said makes, makes total sense that this was, this was at a time when their major record, I'm reading a text from John, their major record label uh, began to disintegrate. The joy of being in a band felt tarnished and violated. And they basically cut their ties with label management, built their own studio 
and started doing it for themselves. And I just love that because, you know, for them, you can see exactly where these lyrics are coming from. But then for the rest of us listeners, you can apply these lyrics to anything in your life because we all go through these hurricanes. We all go through adversity and things that try to blow us away and knock us down. And I love how John says in this, uh, you can't silence my love. I got doors and windows boarded up. All your dead end fury is not enough. I mean, that, that right there is like anything that's coming at you, you know, you're, you're prepared. And this, you know, that to me is like, a, it's you're mentally barring up your doors and windows, getting ready and weathering this storm. And, you know, the words, of course, are, are the first thing that kind of strikes me to this song. But then it's just like, I mean, the song is a ripper. Regardless of what they were singing about, this song would be sick. All the changes, all the tempo switch ups. It's just a good, classic you know, American rock and roll song. It's like in the vein of a uh, Bruce Springsteen or a, you know, like one of the, some, like a hard driving Tom Petty song. This, this is to me classic in the, uh, I guess in the, in the, the, the modern songbook. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I like to like the whole idea of, of a hurricane in this song was both like a literal example and a figurative like the, the, you know, the storms of life. And even if the storms take everything away, they can't silence our love. And um, actually it was just a couple of years ago when, when John said that um, it still, still feels important singing songs into the storm. And so that's, you know, I was thinking about that as a question as well. Like, what does that mean to you to sing directly into the storm instead of running away from storms or hiding from them? Like whatever you're going through, singing directly into it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you almost like you see, you can see when John, when they, when they perform this live, you, you see John light up for sure. You know, he gets out to the edge of the stage and it's almost like you can picture him on the, like the, the bow of a ship <laughs> heading into a crazy storm and he's just ready for it. You know, he's just out there. He's like the first, the first guy out in riding right into that storm. And, and, it's definitely one of those songs live that is so memorable. It whips the crowd into a frenzy every time. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I feel, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers or whatever, but this has got to be one of their biggest hits, right? Yeah. I think if there's like a best of, like you, you think of 18 to 20 song range. I, one thing he wrote about on their blog um, when this came out, he, he he mentioned how he grew up on the East Coast, so he knew firsthand about houses lost and uh, you know hurricanes and and just trying to deal with weather, hurricane season, all that stuff. And the story they shared was when they were helping Habitat for Humanity, they were helping build a house for a woman who lost everything in Katrina, and the hurricane had taken basically everything from her. And it said as she relocated to Baton Rouge and, and learned how to walk as an amputee, her mantra was this, I walked out of my house and my life in New Orleans on my own legs. I'm going to walk into this one the same way. And they said, this is the spirit that I wanted to capture with this song. Um, and then he also said the reactionary impulse against the storms of this life 
and yet this selfless love really might be stronger than death. Um, talks about the kingdom of the heavens is at hand and ready to give, ready to love. And uh, then even on their uh, other page, he just said, you know, the, the, sh the storms of this life shatter our plans. Um, they ruin sunny days. But Hello Hurricane is this declaration. You can't silence my love. My plans will fail. The storms of this life will come, but my love will not be destroyed. So good. I mean, these, these guys are really good songwriters. You know, it's seemingly, you know, you look at the lyrics, seemingly simple, but they go deep. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not easy to write a positive song about, you know, negative things happening. But the idea of just standing up tall in a hurricane, you know, because like you said, you want to run, you want to hide, you want to like get low, you want to let the storm blow by. But they're, you know, John is saying here, let's go. I'm ready. Bring it. Yep. It is absolutely incredible. We've talked a lot, a lot of conversation on this uh, podcast about taking, you know, whether it's simple or, or deeper lyrics um, and just kind of like, that's such a simple thought, but I've never thought of it in that way with that kind of terminology or, or, you know, putting it to melody. And it's just that incredible ability that, so very few people have that that kind of ability and passion to do. I was trying to look up the exact stream, the streamage on Spotify. Uh, let's see, Hello Hurricane album. Let's see where it ranks right now. They've got a bunch of the the remakes from the Beautiful Letdown. Yeah, Hello Hurricane's got about five million streams on Spotify alone, which is pretty good. Which is, I think, second on that album see I, i'd be willing to bet it's definitely in the top top 15 or 20 overall streams and then uh, fans talk about you know the live show for sure that's a staple oh yeah so do you have a uh do you have a favorite album of theirs is it the beautiful letdown is it uh something older something newer i mean i i Ooh. Or you think more in terms of, you know, I like Dare You to Move to me is like iconic. That song is, is so good. It still is what that was from 2000. Yeah. And that song is still, still relevant and so good and sounds just incredible every time they play it. Uh, but yeah, I think album wise, The Beautiful Letdown, Meant to Live, This Is Your Life. Uh, Dare You to Move is on that one again. The beautiful, met, you know, it's just, and that was kind of like their, I feel like that was their big, their big break, I guess, at least yeah. in my eyes. Um, yeah, so if I'm going favorite, I'm going that one. Yeah, definitely agree. So many to choose from too, which is awesome. But um, what's, uh, do you have anything planned as far as like the, the next, uh, next bro am or some other, you know, what's, what's next for you coming up? Well, you know, with my, uh, with my job, unfortunately, sometimes my surf event hosting duties overlap with bro am. I always try to make myself available and, and be there, not just because it's super fun to host it and, you know, be a part of it, but also for the, Encinitas community it's probably like the the best day of the year just in terms of having a good time on the beach 
it's definitely peak of summer. You know, anytime you're going to have 10,000 people show up to your town for a concert, it's cause for concern, but not if it's Switchfoot Bro-Am because those 10,000 people are good people and they, uh, they're respect. I mean, it's is a respectful crowd, a joyful crowd. And like this, this city has just come to love this event. So this being what the 10 year anniversary. It's 20 year, right? 20, 20 year anniversary. Yeah. 20, 20 year. Yeah. Yep. 20 year anniversary. It's huge. So I am hoping I'm almost hoping that I don't get picked to do this surf event that falls during that window because I'll be so stoked to be a part of Broam 20th anniversary. Uh, if I'm not here, you know, I'm, I know it's in good hands. Like, so I would, you know, I would be experiencing serious FOMO, but uh, I know it'll be, there'll be, there'll be representation for sure. And, and they've become so pro at this event running I mean, so smoothly. There's, there's been years where literally the ocean was closed. So they had to adapt and regroup. And they had the sickest dodgeball game in history right on the beach. So they, they just become, you know, this, this, the, the crew behind it uh, has, they're pros. It always runs smoothly. Like I said, the city loves it. And it's just a really great positive day for, for, for the charity partners they have. You know, for for the city of Encinitas, for the fans, and I know the band, uh, they it never gets old for them. I mean, doing it twenty years in a row, right during what this is like prime time band touring season, and they basically do drop everything to play a free show and put literally months of planning and, and at least two weeks of hardcore work into this, and make no money. <laughs> and give it all back again it speaks to the character of the guys in that band and their their management and their team they're just they're the best yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm planning on going this year for my first one because i've said for years that the the 20th is the the target for me to go to so um uh, any any last uh, tips for like things i need to do or see other than broam itself uh, in the area uh, I mean, the, uh, what is it? The auction night party is super fun. The food there is incredible. So if you can come out a couple of days early and get in on that one, highly recommended. And, you know, that's a, that's a place where you can get a little bit more, you know, kind of quality time and have a conversation with the guys in the band. You know, though, there's a lot of people there and everybody wants a minute with the guys, but uh, they're, you know, super gracious with their time and, the, to me, the best part about that night is the food. There's, it's everywhere. It's plentiful and it's amazing. Um, other than that, I mean, enjoy Encinitas while you're here. Try to stay close to Moonlight Beach so you can walk around downtown. You can walk to the Broam. Uh, it's every everyone that comes. You know, I, I always talk to a lot of people that fly in from out of town. They plan their summer vacations around coming out to Broam. Uh, so I, I guarantee you'll meet people there who have been to every single one and yeah, just it's, I mean, it makes, it's so easy to have a good time down there. It just soaking it all up. Yeah. Not, not many tips other than please come cause you will love it. Good enough tip for me. Can't wait. 
Hey, thanks a ton for, for joining us. Um, where can people find all of your stuff? I'll definitely uh, link to some of those things as well in the description. Uh, just my Instagram is pretty much me just promoting myself all day long, <laughs> trying <laughs> to stay relevant. So that's just at Chris Cote. And that has links to the Monday Mass podcast, links to the events I'm working. Um, you can follow my band, Sunbender, as well. That's at Sunbender, one word, no E at the end, dot band. Um, shoot, I mean, I wish, I hope, I wish, I don't know. Maybe I'll beg and see if I'm available. My band, I, I like playing Bro-Am for a, a local band is huge. Yeah. Someday, someday we'll play it. Uh, but yeah, probably just, you know, Sunbender Band. Check them out. Check us out on Spotify. Go to my Instagram. Say what's up. I've always got time to talk to a Switchfoot fan. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me.